Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. <laughs> well, thank you, JD. Uh, thank you, Seeds Church. It's delight. It's, I'm delighted to be here. And uh, I'm really delighted, J.D., to be your friend, man. You are an incredible person, and I'm honored to have you part of my life. Um, to tell you the truth, I'm a little intimidated to preach today, which is, which is somewhat rare for me because normally I'm, I'm too stupid to be intimidated by much. Um, but, um, you know, I, I learned that y'all are finishing up with this, like, 21 days of prayer, like, yesterday, and then I'm preaching today, and I'm like, oh, great, everybody's going to really be hungry to hear. Um, and second, as I started digging into this sermon, you know, when J.D. was, was seeing if I, I could come and speak, I, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I've got a slam dunk, ready-to-go message. I won't have to work on it. It's a parable of the sowers. I already understand this thing. And as I started studying for it, God was like, you, don't, you haven't even scratched the surface on this thing. And so I'm intimidated a little bit by the text when, I, when, I really, when you look at what a big deal it is, I'm a little intimidated. And third, I'm intimidated because here I am at Seeds Church, and uh, I'm about to preach on a parable about soil. So there's no telling what's going to happen on this. So... Uh, there's, there's the good news is that God doesn't call the equipped, but God equips the called. And so I can simply be faithful to show up and give my best and see what, the, what it is that God does. I almost said what the heck it is that God does. Um, so we're going to talk about the parable of the soils. So the parable of the soils actually has several names. You may have heard, you know, one is the parable of the sower. And I guess that makes sense because Jesus is the sower and it's his parable so that you can go with that. Uh, and it's also called the parable of the seed. And that makes a lot of sense because if you have soil and you don't have a seed, you're not really, you know, you're not going to grow any plants. Um, but I like to call it the parable of the soils because I think it really is the best description of, description of what God is trying to teach us through this parable. It's about our hearts. It's about the condition of our hearts. So this parable is found in three out of the four Gospels. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke all share about the parable of the, the seed, the sower, and the soils. And uh, I'm going to be primarily sharing from Matthew's version of sharing this parable. So this is Matthew 13, verses 1 through 9. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell among the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil. And produce grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let he who has ears, let him hear. So that's really important, important where it says, he who has ears, let him hear. We're going to talk about that. That's one of the things that God was showing me as I was preparing for this sermon. So 
right after uh, this in Matthew, when Jesus shares this parable, it, it shares about how the disciples came to Jesus and they were asking him, why do you share in parables? And so we're going to get into that in a little bit. But for now, I'm going to jump right to the point where Jesus explains what these parables mean. So that's, that's in Matthew, uh, just a little further down. It says, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown into his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky soil, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it pro proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, in another, 60, and in another, um, 30. So we notice, as Jesus explains this parable, the path is that soil where the word of God never gets planted, Nobody understands it. The word goes out, but it doesn't find soil. It doesn't, it doesn't have anywhere to grow. And then the parable of the rocky ground is, you know, there's, there's no deep roots. So they hear it, they love it, the word's awesome, and then it doesn't, you know, get anywhere. It, it fizzles out. And then you have this, this soil, they hear it, they get it, it grows, but there's some other stuff growing in the soil. There's some weeds and they choke it. And then there's the good soil. It doesn't have, it's not hard, uh, it doesn't have rocks, it doesn't have thorns, and it produces exponentially. So we're going to look at these more closely. But first, now I want to go back and let's, let's, let's deal with this question that the disciples asked Jesus in between when he shared the parable and when he explained it to him. And so this is Matthew 13, 10. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So Jesus, Jesus answers the disciples Kind of, the, kind of the way, first of all, you expect Jesus to answer the disciples. Jesus is always, he talks to the disciples and he's like, they ask him a question and then he's like, well, let me point you over here. He's like, but what about the, I just asked this question. He's like, yeah, yeah, go over here. First, I'm going to talk about this. Uh, and, and, and so I've, I've learned uh, Jesus' primary mode of teaching is not to give statements Jesus' primary mode of teaching is to ask questions. And the reason why that's important is, with a question, you have to wrestle with it a little bit. So when Jesus is teaching through the word of God, and you just read the word and you're looking for the, the answer so you can fill out the test, you're not going to find much in the word of God. Jesus is asking questions that he wants you to wrestle with in your soul. And so... That's kind of what Jesus is alluding to when he talks here to the disciples. In essence, his answer, what he's saying is, 
The secrets of the kingdom of God are for people who are actually looking for them. They're not just for the crowds that come out to hear the word. There's a difference when you're a Christian, when you're seeking God to hear from him versus just being at the place where somebody is sharing. And you're not going to receive from God if you're just there for that person to do all the work. You've got to do the work. And Jesus is not short on giving some life-changing, radical, (laughs) deep, wonderful messages, but it's for those who are going to interact with him and for those who are going to ask questions of him. So before we go, guys, is everybody here ready to hear from God? Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Here's the awesome thing. Jesus says, he who has, more will be given. If you've got a little bit of hunger for God, if you've got a little bit of I want to know more, God can dump out his, his mind, his way, his heart, his wisdom inside of you. And then he goes on and says, this is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. So Jesus is saying, okay, I know you were asking me a question that you were hoping for like a one-word answer, but if you want to answer this question, we've got to look back in the Old Testament. And remember when I was preaching that parable and I said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear? Well, there's a point for that. And this is what Isaiah says. You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull. And with their ears, they can barely hear. And their eyes, they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Do you know that it is possible to fundamentally miss Jesus walking by? You know, we think, oh man, if Jesus was walking by, I would know, I would notice, I would see. You have entire crowds of people out to see Jesus and they have no idea who they're out to see. Jesus even says several times in the Gospels, what did you come out to see? What are you out here for? And he says sometimes, you guys aren't here for me, you're out here for the miracles. They they care more about the miracles than the one bringing the miracles. It's possible to have Jesus in your midst and not even see him. Do you have ears to hear? Do you have eyes to see? So let's look at this. He who has ears to hear. You know, there's six times in the New Testament where this phrase is used, he who has ears to hear. Three of them are in the parable of the soils in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But the origination of this, you know who was the first person to say this? Moses. So in Deuteronomy 29, 2 through 4, Moses is speaking to the children of Israel. And he's talking to the children of Israel and he's saying, uh, the reason why you weren't able to take the promised land is because you had a hard heart. 
So Moses is speaking in Deuteronomy 29, and Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, you have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land. The great trials that your eyes saw, the signs and those great wonders. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. So the first time that we see this passage, now some of the listeners who are out listening to Jesus, and after he gets done sharing the parable, he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Maybe some of them were Pharisees, maybe some of them were scribes, maybe some of them are people who've read their Bible. And they're actually listening. And they're thinking, oh man, Jesus is talking about hard hearts here because that's what Moses was talking about. Now it wasn't just Moses that used this. This is actually all through the Old Testament. Jeremiah 5, uh, declare this in the house of Jacob, proclaim it in Judah. Hear this, O foolish and senseless people who have eyes to see but don't see, who have ears but do not hear. Do you not fear me, declares the Lord? Do you not tremble before me? And Ezekiel, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house who have eyes to see, but see not, who have ears to hear, but hear not, for they are a rebellious house. Now, Moses received the message about having uh, the right heart was necessary to go into the promised land and take the land. Isaiah that we read in the passage, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, do you know what they were talking about? They were talking about the hard heart that once they had made it into the promised land, they couldn't stay in the land. They had idols, they had hard hearts, and God took them out of the land and drug them off to Babylon. So here we have, you know, Moses is saying, hey, heart is a fundamental, ridiculously important thing. It can keep you from getting into the land that you're supposed to be in. Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel are saying, hey, heart is a fundamentally important thing. It can drag you out of the land that you're supposed to be in. There's another time that this passage, he who has ears to hear and eyes to see is used. It's in Revelation Every time that God speaks to the churches in Revelation in 2 and 3, there's seven churches that he speaks to. Guess what he says after every time that he gives a message to that church? And this time, guess what he's talking about? Eternal destiny, heaven and hell. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. As I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay, Moses said this. Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah said this. The apostle John said this in Revelation. And here we have half of the time that this phrase is used in the New Testament is used with the parable of the soil. So I'm studying this this week, and I'm like, oh my goodness, what the heck am I going to do? Here's the the point. This is a really big deal. The parable of the soil is a really big deal. It's a big deal. It's not cute. It's not like, oh yeah, parable of the soil. Oh, I love that. Yeah, he's talking about rocks. 
This is like eternal destiny. This is like taking the land. This is like having fortitude in the ground that God has given you. This is a really big deal. So when we unpack this, pay attention. Have ears to hear. So we see from each of these passages that the soil is the heart. So as we're reading through this, we've got to ask ourselves, if this is such a big deal throughout the Bible, is this such a big deal for me right now in my heart? Where am I, where am I at? Where's my heart? Um, but also, before I, we talk about the hearts, let's talk about the seed. So what is the seed? If the soil is the heart, what is the seed? You can go to the next slide. The seed is the word of God. Now, in Luke, when Luke is sharing this parable, he says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. So, don't miss this. Think about this. The seed is the word of God. Can you grow a plant without a seed? You can't grow a plant without a seed. Guess what? You can't grow a Christian without the word of God. You can't can't get a convert without the word of God. You can't break down a, a demonic stronghold without the word of God. You can't do anything in the kingdom of God without the word of God. Now listen, we have, we've, the church has been a little bit duped here. Okay? The church has somehow started to think that good works are stronger than the word of God. So what we've done is we've kind of like, "Mm, not going to leave with the word of God. It's like a sower going out to say, yeah, I'm not going to plant with seeds. I'm I'm just going to plant with something else. If you plant with something else, you are not going to get a harvest. The seed is the word of God. My, my, My cousin is a farmer. Uh, and I've seen, you know, you, you, you sow seed, right? So you pick up, you scoop that seed up, and you just shake it out, right? Now, here's the thing. You know what good works are? They're, they're shaking your arm. <laughs> it's like, that's good. That seed's going over there well. I'm getting this out. Guess what the soil does not care anything about? The soil doesn't care how I shook my arm. The people that are lost don't need your eloquence. They don't need your good works. They don't need anything. You know what they need? They need the word of God. How quick are we to bring the word into a situation? It will determine everything. Square zero. Square one. The word of God. Amen. Um, I know what you're all thinking now. I know. I know what everybody's thinking. The next slide. Well, what about Francis of Assisi? Because Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel always and when necessary, use words. You know what I discovered? You're not going to believe me. This is true. He never said that. Francis of Assisi never said that. That's a misnomer. Do you know what Francis of Assisi actually said? The next slide, this is what he actually said. It's no use walking anywhere, what? To preach 
unless our walking is also preaching. Francis of Assisi preached the word, but he also had a life that made it beautiful. But even if Francis of Assisi was the worst life ever, it doesn't mean that the word of God isn't going to be effective. The worst preacher who puts the word of God out there is better than the best preacher that never uses the word of God. Have I made my point? The word, the word, the word, the word. Bring the word. Woo! I'm bringing the word, J.D. Um, all right. I just, I've got another slide that is just, uh, this, is, this is not some new idea. This is a New Testament pattern. Every time you see a miracle in the Bible, read a couple verses up and there's teaching in the Bible. Jesus led with teaching, Paul led with teaching, Peter led with teaching, James led with teaching, everybody led with teaching. Bring the word, then bring the miracle. He went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Okay. So that's all the introduction. <laughs> now we're going to talk about the parables of the soil. I was reading a, a blog by a guy named Ian Paul, and he said that there's a progression of destinies in the four soils. That kind of caught my attention, a progression of destinies. And so the first seed never gets going. The second seed gets going, but it doesn't endure. The third seed endures for a while, but it doesn't produce any fruit. And then the final seed fulfills its destiny and produces an exponential return for the kingdom of God. So when we're looking at the soil, we can ask ourselves in our life, are we not getting going? Are we going for a little while and wimping out? Are we you know, going, but there's a lot of choking us out, or are we producing exponential fruit for the kingdom of God? Um, let's talk about the first, the first soil, and this is the path. What is the path? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, oh, yeah, you got it up there, sorry. Um, a path is a place where people walk. So what happens, a path, a path starts out fertile soil. It's ready, you could plant something right in it. But then it gets walked on. And it gets walked on. And it gets walked on. <laughs> and it's walked on by not just one person. It's walked on by everybody in the city. Everybody in the city is just walking on this path. So the path gets hard. And when the path is hard, you can't plant a seed in it anymore. I've been thinking about that, you know. Um, if I don't understand the word of God... It may be that my, my path has gotten a little hard. There's two things that are mentioned about the, the path soil. One is uh, Satan, it's Satan's playground. He comes in and he steals. And the second thing is, is that the path is hard, and so I don't understand what I'm reading. And so I have a question. Are you allowing the world to continually trample on your heart? 
if there is one thing that is true of our society is it has become a godless society. If you turn on the television, you do not see Jesus. You see people, if the people that are trying to represent Jesus, often they're they not representing Jesus. If, you, if you're on social media, you're not seeing the, the fruit of the spirit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and self-control. If you turn on the radio, you're not receiving the grace and the admonition and the beauty of Christ. You know what's happening? All these things are walking all over our hearts. And the thing is, our hearts are the one getting hard. Our hearts are getting hard simply because what we let walk on it. Listen, there are movies you do not want to let walk on your heart. There are songs you do not want to have walk on your heart. There are, there is, there's education facilities that you don't want to have walk on your heart. There are debates, there are, there are messages. Don't let them walk on your heart. You think you can escape? It wasn't the fault of the seed. It wasn't the fault of the soil. That heart has been trampled on. And now the enemy has a playground to steal every message of truth, every destiny that God wants to give you because we want to let the world trample on our hearts. Listen, not me. No way. No. I do not need to watch the current event. I do not need to watch every movie that comes out. I do not need to spend my day clicking around on social media because I will have a hard heart if that happens. And if I have a hard heart, the gospel will not grow up. Now, the other thing is, um, it's a spiritual battle. If you see somebody who has a hard heart, you cannot reason them into the kingdom of God. There is only one way to work with somebody who has a hard heart. You get on your knees and you say, God, please have mercy on them. God, I have a hard heart too, God. But don't, Lord, don't let the enemy steal from them, God. Are we doing spiritual battle for our children? Are we doing spiritual battle for our families? Are we doing spiritual battle for our, our coworkers? Or are we like, wow, they got a hard heart? No, the soil is there. The seed is capable. But we've got to fight. You can't win a soul without prayer that's got a hard heart. Um, all right, that's enough for the, the path. <laughs> uh, the next is uh, the uh, rocky soil. Now, I want to remember, I want to remind you, when Jesus was talking about these parables, he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is life or death stuff. This is eternal destiny stuff. There's not really an easy way to say this, but are you a spiritual wimp? Are you just, are you, can you last just a little bit and then that's all I can hear? I can only do my Bible study for like this long and then I'm, oh, it's too hard. Or, I, you know, somebody called me a dork because I was praying and, and now I, I, I've got to run away from this. Are you a spiritual wimp? 
A.W. Tozer said, if you're easily converted, you will be easily unconverted. And, and so what's happened is we've preached a gospel that isn't complete. We've preached a gospel that says Jesus loves you. He forgave your sins. And then everybody's like, that's awesome. What do I get from Jesus? Oh, my goodness, it's so great. Eternal destiny. You get all these blessings. You get all this stuff. I'm in. This is great. We haven't missed the other part of the gospel where Jesus said, oh, and the thing is, you have to pick up your cross and follow me if you're going to follow me. Jesus is 100% in. You can't give Jesus a little bit. You You can't give Jesus a little bit. He says, if you give me a little bit, I don't want any of you. If you don't pick up your cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. That's Jesus. That's not me. I, okay. I'm like, Jesus, could you tone that down a little bit? He's like, no. <laughs> you can't give Jesus a little bit. Are you all in? When you are all in, like marriage, are you all into marriage? Because it's going to be hard. It's going to be crazy hard. But are you going to be like, well, no, it got hard, so it was too hard. It just this didn't work out. No. You give, you are all in. Now, here's the promise of Jesus. If you are all in with him, he becomes all in with you. And here's the secret. His all in with you is a thousand million billion times better than your all in with him. He gives you his inheritance. He gives you his strength. He gives you his heart. But look, you can't have, if, if I've got soil and some of it has rocks in it, That's not giving all the soil to Jesus. I got to get the rocks out of the soil. So uh, how do we get the rocks out of our life? In the old days, they used to talk about a thing called sanctification. They used to talk about a thing called spiritual disciplines. They used to talk about a thing called discipleship. Jesus said, go therefore into all the world, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he wasn't done. He said, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded, I have taught you. There is a obedience piece to following Jesus. Did you know that? You can't, you, if you're not following, if you're not obeying Jesus, you're not following Jesus. Well, I kind of like what Jesus said here, so I'll obey that. But I don't like this over here, so I'm not going to do that. That's not discipleship. So there's some things that we have to practice as a Christian, and they're not hard. We always think, oh, man, I've got I've to go be George Mueller, too, if I'm going to be a Christian. No, you don't, but you do need to practice some spiritual disciplines. You need to grow. So here's one, solitude. One of my mentors, Nancy Reese, says, Joshua, have you slowed down enough to hear the whisper of God? So there are times when I need to just shut up and listen. That's called solitude. Guess who needs that? Everyone who wants to be a Christian. We have to hear from God. You know, simplicity. We do not need all of the stuff that we have. Like Sarah and I became minimalist before minimalism was cool. Like we were like, dang, we have eight kids. We cannot have all this stuff. <laughs> it's true. Like I, I sometimes wonder, like, have we become too minimalist? Like there's nothing in my house. And I'm like, I love this. This is great. We don't need all the stuff. And then like fasting. We don't need all the food. Oh, I'm going to die if I don't have my, my Cheetos. That's not true. <laughs> we don't need all the food. Uh, and sacrifice. You know, 
giving, giving when it doesn't hurt is great. We can join our own fan club. Giving when it hurts is powerful. Sacrifice. You know, it leads to multiplied fruit. Things that we all know. Uh, communication, prayer, worship, celebration, contribution, service, fellowship, contemplation. If we want to get the rocks out of our life and we want to produce fruit, we have to practice spiritual disciplines. I know. Sorry. You never heard that. I know you heard that. You go to JD's church. You've got to practice uh, spiritual disciplines to grow. Now, here's the thing about rocks. You might think that once I clear all the rocks out of my uh, patch of land that I'm growing on, that those rocks will never show up again. So my cousin's a farmer, right? Kayleen. So here's the thing. Kayleen faces new rocks every year. Well, how does that happen? I took all the rocks out. Well, I'll tell you what happens is that the rocks are all under the soil, and when it freezes, the rocks get pushed up so every year when you go out to plow and to plant, there's new rocks every year. So I have to not only do spiritual disciplines like one week out of the year, I have to do spiritual disciplines like every week out of the year because the rocks are going to keep coming back. But it's no big deal. You toss some things to the side. You go spend some time with Jesus. You get in your word. You pray. You do what Jesus told us to do, and you're going to produce fruit. All right, the, the third soil type, this is the thorny soil. Now, even, even if we have rocks, we're going to face the weeds of life. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Now, I mentioned I have eight kids. I, I fundamentally understand cares of the world. You get married, you have cares of the world. How am I going to provide for all these kids? How am I going to pay for school for eight kids? Well, Jesus has an answer for that. Jesus says, I will meet all your needs in a glorious way through Christ Jesus. Jesus says, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. Um... The cares of this world are things that Jesus does not want us to carry. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle of heart. The cares of this world are things that Jesus has to carry. Like my, when, when, when Sarah and I, we had babies, um, and the young babies, you know, two, three. We, we always had so many babies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I got a two-year-old and a four-year-old and a baby and a six-year-old. And, like, Sarah's like, I'm trying to carry this thing, and it is way bigger than me. And I said, Sarah, God didn't, make, didn't design you to be able to carry that. I said, how many bowling balls can you carry? I was like, maybe you can carry one. Maybe you can carry two. You might even be able to carry three. You can't carry 50. And the thing is, God doesn't want us to carry the things that are too big for us. We have a Father in heaven who cares for us. We are to take those things and give them to him. You know what those things are? Provision. You know? It's not security because Jesus will send you on adventures. And I don't know if you ever watched a movie with an adventure where there's like, oh, I was secure the whole time. That's boring. God doesn't do that. 
I can't say he's going to give you security, but I can say he will never leave you or forsake you. And when he brings you on an adventure, he's going to be with you. But here's the main, here's the main point about the, 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 uh, the weeds. All of the weeds have a root. You know, my grandmother taught me to weed. I was a young boy, and, and she said, go out there and weed the flower garden. And I started picking like a couple of weeds out. And she was like, whoa, whoa, stop. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm weeding the flower garden. She's like, you are not weeding the flower garden. You are pulling the heads off of those weeds. They're going to be back in five days. She said, if you're going to weed, you have to get down to the root. So, okay, what's the root? I'll tell you what the root of every weed is. In the Christian life, the root of every single weed is a misplaced love. When you love the wrong things, a weed was just planted. Listen, some of us love our favorite football team or our hockey team or our baseball team more than we love our lost neighbor. And if somebody wins the championship, that doesn't make a hill of beans for that person who spends eternity separated from Christ. If you love your neighbor, you're going to invest in your neighbor. But if you love football more than your neighbor, I'm too busy. If you love your job more than your family, you're going to invest your, your time in your job. If you love your status more than, the, more than you love the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, then you have weeds growing up. And what are those weeds going to do? They're going to choke the fruit of Christian witness from your life. Don't love a hobby more than you love the lost soul in your neighborhood. Don't love your personal space more than a space that can be used to break, heal a broken soul. We love ourselves far too much. We love ourselves far too much. Addictions result from a misplaced love. Unfruitfulness results from a misplaced love. Jesus said, what's the greatest commandment? The one that's going to give you fruit. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, all your soul, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So how do you overcome the thorny soil of distraction? The next slide. Uh, I've got, I've got a, I've, the, the only way to overcome a distracted heart is to get on mission for Jesus. It is to walk in an eternal destiny of design and how you are built. Now, in Ephesians 4, I love this. I love this passage. Ephesians 4, he says, God has given to the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers for equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Now, 
So this is part of the DNA that God puts out in his church. Apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, shepherding, pastoring, and teaching. That DNA is in you. And until you are walking out that DNA, that seed has never broken out of its shell. That seed that gets planted in the soil needs to break out and multiply a harvest. Now, the question isn't, how is somebody else wired? And if JD is walking in his eternal destiny, that doesn't mean that you are. Every single person is a plot of ground where the word of God can plant and produce a harvest. Jesus is not caring so much that the pastors do a good job on Sunday. He cares so much about whether you and every single person in every seat, in every pew, in the kingdom of God is walking in their eternal destiny. Now listen, if, if you've let the world trample your heart and you've got Satan stealing every message that's out there, and, you're, and your life is full of shallow wimpiness, and you aren't developing spiritual disciplines, and you love everything out there more than you love Jesus, you can't produce anything. But if you, if you let God work this stuff out of your life, it will produce exponentially, infinitely, more than you can ask or think. If you have an apostolic calling, you will be taking new ground. Inside of you, something wells up and says, that ground needs taken, and I am going to take it for Jesus. If you have a prophetic calling, you will do either one of two things. This is from Jeremiah 1. You will tear something bad down, or you will build something good up. If you have an evangelistic calling, you will recruit and draw people in that nobody else cares about. And you will not let a day go by where you haven't brought somebody to see and to experience Jesus. If you have a pastoral calling, you will find a group of people that you can nurture and shepherd and protect and encourage. If you have a teacher calling, you will turn the lights on for people's minds that they will see and understand and know and you will help them equip and put on the armor of God to do battle in a dark and evil world. Now you, you wanna produce fruit? It's not about what the pastor does. It's fundamentally about what you do. This 30-fold this thing is pretty awesome. If I, if I have $10 and I do a 30-fold return, that $10 becomes 300. If I, have a, if I have a 60-fold return, that $10 becomes $600. If I have a 100 times return, that $10 becomes $1,000. Now, that's a good illustration because I can understand. Like, how many of you, if I, you know, here, I'm gonna, you give me $10 and in five minutes I'll give you $1,000. That's a pretty good deal. But this passage doesn't have anything to do with money. It has everything to do with souls. So I'm looking at a group of people here. If one of you, has good soil, and Jesus gives you a 30-fold return, then next week, 30 people can be sitting around you. If one of you has a 60-fold return, 60 people. If one of you has a 100-fold return, 100 new souls in this church. Do you want to know what exponential growth looks like in a church? It's all about the heart. It is a life 
or death decision. If you want to see the gospel transform Murfreesboro, Seeds Church, Seeds Church, make sure you have good soil. I charge you, Seeds Church, in Jesus' name, have good soil. Listen, if you have a hard heart that has been beaten down and trampled on by the world, Jesus is ready to break that soil and rescue you. If you have been fundamentally weak in your Christianity, Jesus is ready to give you strength. If you love, if you love stuff and opportunities and selfishness, more than the kingdom of God and the lost soul. Jesus, transform your heart. It's now. Take him. Let the soil of your heart produce fruit for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, yes. Listen, um, God didn't, God didn't want to say this message to make anybody feel bad. God wanted to say this message to send you out as a warrior for the kingdom of God. Do you know who you are, Christian? The word of God is more powerful than an atomic bomb. An atomic bomb brings destruction. The word of God is the power of an atomic bomb that brings life. Jesus said, if anyone is in me, he out of him will flow life-giving streams of water. I want to say, the soil of your heart is priceless. Don't let any trash in that soil. So right now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray. There's an explosion of potential, not, not potential, it's going to happen. God doesn't waste his time. He doesn't waste his time on me. Yeah. I said it before, if I, if I didn't deliver this message correctly, we've read a whole lot of scripture today. That word is powerful. It will produce fruit. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would, like, like, uh, like Boaz with Ruth, that uh, there would be no rest in the soul until that soil is ready to produce fruit, God. I pray that the seed of your word, even as I was praying before church today, that the birds of the air would have no, no way to come, that Satan would be blocked, not just outside of the building, but just in this whole message, that Satan would be dumbfounded and confused and shut down, but that the word of life would grow in the hearts of your children. God, I pray in Jesus' name that Seeds Church would be the place of fertile soil in this community, God. And I pray, God, that your word would go forth and there would be not the harvest from one individual. God, I know JD. I know him. He's a, he is a faithful person that keeps his soil clean. But Lord, there's a thousand other seeds out here, God. Use them for your kingdom. Lord, expand your soil. Break up anything hard, God. Add depth where there is shallowness, Jesus, and pull out all the roots of selfishness. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.